This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Welcome to Sunday Commentary, a weekly program designed to break open the Sunday Scripture readings. Join us as we listen to God's Word and seek to grow in our love and understanding for the good news in our lives. And now, Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman. The liturgical scripture readings for the Solemnity of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ. Corpus Christi. A reading from the book of Genesis. In those days, Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and being a priest of God Most High, he blessed Abram with these words, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, the creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who delivered your foes into your hands. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Responsorial Psalm. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. The scepter of your power the Lord will stretch forth from Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. Yours is princely power in the day of your birth, in holy splendor. Before the day star, like the dew, I have begotten you. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. The Lord has sworn, and he will not repent. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. You are a priest forever in the line of Melchizedek. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was handed over, took bread, and after he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus spoke to the crowds about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who needed to be cured. As the day was drawing to a close, the twelve approached him and said, Dismiss the crowd so they can go into the surrounding villages and farms and find lodging and provisions, for we are in a deserted place here. He said to them, Give them some food yourselves. They replied, Five loaves and two fish are all we have. 
unless we ourselves go and buy food for all these people. Now the men there numbered about 5,000. Then he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50. They did so and made them all sit down. Then taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing over them, broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. They all ate and were satisfied. And when the leftover fragments were picked up, they filled twelve wicker baskets. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. To our listeners today, the Solemnity of the Most Holy Body and Blood of Christ, also known as the Feast of Corpus Christi, is the day on which we bring a special focus to the Body and Blood of Christ. This feast originated in France in the mid-13th century under Pope Urban IV, and here in the U.S. we celebrate this feast on the Sunday following Trinity Sunday. The Feast of Corpus Christi is commonly used as an opportunity for public Eucharistic processions, which serve as a sign of common faith and adoration. And this feast calls us to focus on two manifestations of the body of Christ, the Holy Eucharist and the Church. And the primary purpose of this feast is to focus our attention on the Eucharist. At every Mass, our attention is called to the Eucharist and the real presence of Christ. We worship Jesus, truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And the secondary focus on the solemnity is on the church, also referred to as the mystical body of Christ, because of this intimate communion which Jesus shares with his disciples. Jesus himself used the metaphor of a body in which he is the head, and this image helps keep in focus both the unity and the diversity of the Catholic Church. And we, with today's readings, are going to see the Eucharist through all three of our readings. And, and I love this first reading. This is, if you, just, if you just come to church and you don't realize the background of this, this is why we do the commentary, to give a background here. Here you have the king of Salem, Melchizedek, shows up to Abram. Remember, he's not Abraham yet. Shows up to Abram, blesses him, and then Abram gives him a tenth of everything. It's like... That's not a bad day's work because Abram had a lot of things. Good point. You got (laughs) a good point. So what is going on here? So I actually want to provide a little bit of a background here. Remember that the Lord called Abram to leave his country and go to a land that that will be shown to him. He didn't know where it was. And his nephew Lot goes with him. Well, they moved to Canaan. And the Lord said, this is the country I'm going to give to you and your descendants. But then a famine broke out and he moved south into Egypt. Now, this is that famous part where, remember, he told the king of Egypt that Sarah, his wife, was his sister so he wouldn't be killed. Yes, that was not good. Well, the king contracted a terrible disease that the Lord sent on him. So Abram and Sarah got kicked out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, they left Egypt, moved back to Canaan. There wasn't enough land for both Abram and Lot. Right. Families were arguing. Somehow that happens sometimes. (laughs) So so Lot moved to the Jordan Valley which was near Sodom, right. where the people were pretty wicked. Yep. Well, war broke out all over the place. They took Lot and all his possessions, so Abram has to go in, rescue Lot, rescue right. his possessions, yes. and then when he returns, he meets this mysterious person 
Melchizedek. Yeah. And that's where we pick things up today. Ah, good background, wow. Kevin. Yeah. So the, the, the name Melchizedek, it's, it's really believed to be more of a pseudonym, more of a title of office rather than his personal name. And no one knows for sure the true identity of this mir- mysterious Melchizedek. But one theory is that it might have been Shem, the son of Noah. In sacred scripture, a blessing of the type described in this reading is traditionally passed on from a father to his firstborn son. And this is the first mention in scripture of the passing on of this fatherly blessing since the time that Noah bestowed a blessing on his oldest son, Shem. Whoever it was that blessed Abram would have been someone who held that authority and Bible scholars have suggested that it was possible that Shem would have been still alive. And also the way in which Abram responded, but like you said, he gave him a tenth of all of everything he owned. This tells us that Abram also held this mystery man in high esteem. So, but regardless of Melchizedek's true identity, his special relationship with God wasn't something handed down to him through a kind of inheritance, you know, like it was with the Levites and the Lion of Aaron. This was a foreshadowing of the priesthood of Jesus Christ, a royal priesthood established by godly authority. And we hear that Melchizedek used bread and wine for this Thanksgiving celebration. This was also a prefigurement of what our Lord did at the Last Supper. That's exactly right. And we see here Salem, meaning peace, Yes. ultimately is the same site as Jerusalem, meaning city of peace. Good point. So again, what a wonderful tie into all of that. Yeah. And of course, you mentioned about the institution of the Eucharist. That's what we see in 1 Corinthians 11 today. Again, just a powerful reading here. We see the recalling of the institution of the Eucharist, as you mentioned. But I think also it's very important that it reminds us that it gives us an action to perform. And there's three parts here that I think are very important. The first is there is a handing on of an apostolic tradition here. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The cup is my new covenant in my blood. Do this in memory of me. So there's a tradition there. Another thing that I think is very important is this is an action that is not open to personalization. The priest can't go ahead, make it his own, trick it up. Right. This is something that the apostles said, this is the format and the formula for us to institute the Eucharist and, and have that remembrance in our, in our Mass today. But I do believe also that this Eucharist is also a beautiful sign and source of unity within our church. This is so central to our faith. You know, we talk about, I think it was John Paul II said, you know, the Eucharist is both the source and the summit of our Catholic, uh, our Catholic faith and our Catholic uh, life. So how important that really is. Now, it ends this way. Well, actually, it doesn't end. It ends in verse 26. In verse 27, listen to this. I think this is so important. I wish they would have included this. <laughs> it says, Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of profaning the body and blood of the Lord. So what they're saying here is guilty of profaning the body. That means you're sinning. Okay. Remember, you cannot sin against a symbol. You can only sin against a person. Paul is saying here, this is indeed the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our risen Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, absolutely. I bet he confirms that point. Yeah. And the Eucharistic celebration is just shrouded in mystery. And even though we'll never fully understand, we're never going to comprehend transubstantiation in its entirety. Um, But the 
the, the mystery that of the transformation of bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ is something that we can understand enough to develop a reasonable understanding of what the Mass is all about. The Eucharistic celebration is the representation, not representation, but the representation of the very same sacrifice that our Lord underwent on Calvary. The Eucharistic celebration isn't a repeat of Jesus's bloody crucifixion. You know, Jesus doesn't die over and over again. And we have to remember that the Eucharist is Jesus's resurrected body, right? Jesus is not bound by time and space, and neither is his resurrected body. The Mass is a participation of our Lord's timeless and everlasting sacrifice. Jesus died on the cross once and for all, and then he rose from the dead. And it's through the Eucharistic celebration of the Holy Mass that Jesus continues to offer himself to God the Father as a holy, living, and perfect sacrifice on behalf of the Church. Yeah, and exactly with the Gospel today also, we see again before the actual institution of the Eucharist, we see how Christ prefigures this with the feeding of the 5,000. Now, again, if you look back at, this starts in verse 11, if you go back to the first 10 verses, Christ gave the apostles power and authority to cast out demons, to cure diseases. They did amazing things on that journey, but when they came back from that experience, they struggled with the idea that a miracle could feed the people. (laughs) Exactly. Like, like, like why? You know, I mean, was it the sheer number of people? Was it insecurity? Was it perhaps... Maybe they were slow learners, right? I can take a lot from this. It, it gives us, it gives me great hope. <laughs> I, I tend to be a slow learner at times. But again, what Christ did was he blessed the offering. He broke them. He gave them to the disciples and they all ate. So what a beautiful, again, prefiguration of the Eucharist. And I think the question that I want to leave you with today is what five loaves and two fish can we offer? Mm. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Commentary with Kevin Doran and Carla Wehrman, produced at the studios of Modern Day Radio. For more information about this show, go to moderndayradio.com. That's M-A-T-E-R-D-E-I radio.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MatraDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.